What is your number one single biggest songwriting struggle or challenge right now? I asked you this question probably about a month ago now, and in this episode, we are going to be responding to some of your answers to that. See if we can help you out with your number one songwriting struggle and challenge. And even if you aren't one of the people who responded to this survey, there were a lot of common themes. So maybe, just maybe, in this episode, even if you didn't respond, one of your biggest struggles will be addressed. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joseph Adala. Honored that you would take some time out of your busy day to talk about songwriting with me. If you haven't already, be sure to grab my free guide on 20 different ways to start writing a song. It's leaner and meaner now and should help you more because not only does it have 20 different ways to start a song instead of 10 like the previous version, but I believe the length is cut in half or something like that. It's way shorter. It cut out some of the fluff that I thought was unnecessary and really got at the parts that you would actually care about because who wants to spend a lot of time reading if you can just be helped if you can just learn something or figure out a new way to write a song with reading one paragraph instead of with reading one whole page or a page and a half, like in the previous version. Anyway, if you're interested in that, 20 different ways to start writing a song, kick writer's block to the curb, be sure to grab it, songwritertheory.com slash free guide. So the reason that I'm doing this as an episode, I had a different episode planned, but um, because of doing some rework with studio stuff that isn't done, I just hid <laughs> some of the stuff that I'm doing so that you don't see tools in the background because that would look really bad and already my background doesn't look great right now. But we're working on that. Um, so there were a couple weeks without an episode. Wasn't really intentional. Also had uh, family visiting. So for several reasons, we kind of got behind. Totally unintentional. But I wanted to make sure to address this because in our live stream that we had probably about a month ago now, I mentioned that the goal was that me and the guys would talk through these things. And then we got so many questions live that we ended up doing that instead. But I want to make sure that I honor the fact that you all responded to this. And even though I did not actually promise initially that in, in, uh, in exchange for you answering this, survey, I would respond to everything that you all said. I want to do that because you took the time to answer a survey. That's really awesome. Very helpful to me. So I want to make sure that I'm being helpful back to you. And because I said we'd do it on the live stream and we didn't get to it, I wanted to do it in podcast form here. And then, of course, we'll go back to our normal podcast as well. So no more pomp and circumstance. Time to talk about what we want to talk about. And don't worry, I'm not going to say any names if you're sweating over there because you said something and don't want your name attached. I don't even remember if I asked for names. I don't think I did, but I wouldn't have said it even, even if I had your name. First one. Hello, brother. I want to tell you about, I want to tell you that sometimes when I make the hook line after I have no idea what should be the storyline and what type of ideas should we explain surrounding that hook line, and sometimes my flow breaks when I sing the song. And sometimes I feel the line is added forcibly in the song lyrics. Okay, so we're talking about a hook line, um, which usually is in reference to the main line of the chorus. 
which usually would be your song title or something. So in the song, a hundred years, when you only got a hundred years to live would be the tagline in Superman by also by five for fighting. I guess I'm picking on five for fighting today. Uh, you know, the, the tagline would be, and it's not easy to be me. It's usually that like last line of the chorus that very often is your song tells the main line that stands out in your song. So the first thing on this is it's a little hard to answer this question without a little more context, but it sounds like you need to flesh out your idea more before just taking a hook line and trying to run with it and write whole lyrics off of it. So presumably based on the way you're asking the question, you're starting with the hook line. That's the first thing you've written. So you have no lyrics except for this hook line, which is probably presumably also your song title, or at least the thing that would be your song title at this point. Um, although in the future, of course, it, it should change. So to me, it re really you need to take a step back and not write lyrics yet, but really figure out what is this hook line saying? And I say that because that might not even be obvious, right? If your hook line is something symbolic, that you don't even know what the symbol actually represents yet. You have to know what the symbol represents before you can actually start writing the song. So taking the time to figure out, okay, this hook line, this line that is the central idea of my song, what is a story I could tell about that hook line or that would result in the hook line? And even, even if it takes some you know, prose writing, some journaling, to try to figure out what are some different options to go along with this hook line. We'll, we'll take the five of fighting example again for Superman, right? If you started with the line and it's not easy to be me, the first question is, okay, who are some different characters who would say something like it's, and it's not easy to be me. You know, do I want to go down the unexpected road? Because Superman of all people saying it's not easy to be me is sort of in the, you know, twist realm, right? Who wouldn't want to be Superman? But Superman himself is like, it's not, hey, it's not easy being me. Or would you pick a more obvious candidate, right? A homeless person or or somebody living in the middle of a war-torn country or something. That's a little more obvious of a candidate for somebody to say, it's not easy to be me. So figuring out who the character is that would say your hook line or just taking some time to flesh out who would say this line or what story would lead to a character concluding this line is I think what you need to figure out first. I don't know that I can go any farther without having any specifics of that, but it sounds like you need to spend a little more time developing out the idea before trying to actually write the lyrics because it should feel like it fits. Um, also, if it continues to not work for you, something you can do is just move off of starting with a hook line. You know, don't don't build a song off of a off of a hook line. I think that's a perfectly fine way to build songs. I certainly build songs off of great song titles or song titles that resonate with me, um, which usually is somewhat connected to hook line because the hook line usually more or less contains that song title. Um, but you know, if it's something that that is causing you to get stuck. Try something different, you know, try starting with a character first or a storyline first. Um, pick something other than the hook line. And then somebody said harmony. That is very short. <laughs> Therefore, I don't know how to answer that not question. Uh, struggling with harmony. The real answer 
to to that, since I don't have any more context than harmony, is music theory. And if you want to be able to do harmony and you don't want to learn music theory, I don't know how to help you because that's <laughs> that's that's the answer. That's the answer. Har like understanding harmony literally is music theory because harmony is essentially this is overly simplistic and not exactly accurate. But for example, if you want to write four part harmony for a choir, usually at any given point, the four parts in the choir are actually forming a chord. So you might have all four vocal parts making a C major chord and then an F major chord and then make a G sus chord that then resolves to a, a G chord. Almost always some version of that. That's what it is. And any form of harmony is something like that. Harmony is music theory. It is understanding what are the notes in the chords? What are the notes in the key? You know, how do I create tension and how do I create release? All music theory. Um, so that is the answer to how to make harmony easier. It is non-trivial, but learning music theory is, is the answer. The process of identifying the specific thing that makes lyrics sound trite or alternately overwrought and bringing them back to that sweet spot of elegant but conventional simplicity. What a great... Just the fact that you're asking this question indicates that you're you're at, you're like asking the right questions or worried about I think the right things. Now it might be that you are overthinking it because just the fact that you recognize that there's sort of a fine line between overwrought on one side and trite on the other side is a great sign to me because I think I'll, I think some people don't recognize that they're both possible, right? Some people lean towards almost too artsy for their own good or too overwrought for their own good. And some people are going to lean more towards, you know, just, just being trite and saying the same cookie cutter things over and over again, thinking nothing of it, you know, break my heart. They say it a million times and they think nothing of it. And I very much disagree with the philosophy that like the truth is always in the middle, which if you think about it for like three seconds, you realize it's overtly ridiculous. And that philosophy makes no sense at all. Um, cause for almost anything, truth is not something in the middle, right? Like th there is no middle of like, is the sky blue or not? Like it, 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 it is right. <laughs> or, or does the sun exist or not? There's no like, oh, the truth is in the middle. No, the truth is that there is a sun. It's there. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, uh, that being said, I do think this is an instance where the best is probably somewhere in the middle. So just the fact that you're thinking about it, I think is a good sign, but um, I'm going to give you what I think the real answer is and, and we'll see if I think of another answer to give you too because you might not like what I think the real answer is. And I think the real answer is that I think we all know deep down when a lyric is trite or when it's overwrought. And it just takes being radically honest with ourselves to not shove that worry in the back of our head and ignore that inner voice that says, dude, you almost visibly cringe when you sing that line or when you read that line. Or dude, you're rolling your eyes at yourself at like, who does this guy think he is uh, when you sing that line because it's just so over, just uh, too much. Uh, 
I think we all know in the back of our minds, and it's all about doing something that isn't popular in today's day and age, but be honest with yourself and don't delude yourself. Just don't delude yourself, right? If you hear that little whisper in the back of your mind, don't shut it up. Listen to it. And you'll probably be, you'll probably be right. Another element to this is there's, there's something to be said for style, right? Um, you know, some people are just going to lean more towards what a lot of us would call like poetic lyrics, which are, which are going to be a little bit more flowery and a little bit, they're going to lean a little bit towards, you know, elegance slash overwrought. They're going to lean a little that way. Somebody's going to think they're overwrought, right? And some of us are going to love it. And then some people are going to lean towards so simplistic and conversational that some people, you know, don't necessarily buy that the, the elegance and simplicity. So I think the answer is you have to find the line for yourself because all of our lines are going to be somewhat different, right? I probably lean towards a little bit more. If you have to choose between trite and overwrought, I probably lean towards overwrought. Um, and everybody's going to make their own choice, right? Some people are going to simplify, simplify, simplify. Simple's good. I don't think simple's good. I think that's, I think simple can be good. I think, again, it's sort of in that middle, right? Be refined, be elegant, craft what you do, but also um, don't get overly complicated. You know, don't be one of those, there are bands out there, right, that, you know, you can tell they just wrote the song to show off that they can play in like nine, four time and then shift seamlessly into five, seven time and other time signatures that there's no reason to even exist. And 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 the, literally the only reason they did it is because they're amazing instrumentalists and they want a, a, a way to show that off. They can do that. Right. But it usually doesn't create good music. It just makes an Im impressive thing that's done um so that i think is the true answer and <laughs> hopefully it's helpful to you knowing what to write about i hate the usual cliched themes and subjects mo of most of the songs i hear and am struggling to find something original to say and an original way to say it it's true that there is nothing new under the sun but there must be a way to break out of the treadmill Related to this problem is lyric development. What and how much do you say if you figure out what to write about? Small problems, right? Um, okay, so I'm going to zero in on the struggling to find something original to say and an original way to say it. And and you do say, which is a good recognition right after that, it's true that there's nothing new under the sun, but there must be a way to break out of the treadmill. I think maybe the... I think sometimes originality is misunderstood. First of all, originality is a word that I feel like for all of us, if we just, I think if we just drop the word, we'd be better off because I, I think originality is a word that is used as a weapon, right? Anytime somebody doesn't like music, they'll accuse it of being unoriginal. And it's one of those, like, you can't refute it because everything is kind of unoriginal because there's nothing new under the sun. It's just one of those things that's like always true enough that you can say it, but like, Whoever says that, right, you know, maybe you hate Nickelback and that's fine because everybody pretends to hate Nickelback and everybody who doesn't pretend to hate Nickelback does actually hate Nickelback. Um, I think they get more hate than they deserve. Uh, 
but that's neither here nor there. But, you know, everybody likes to hate on Nickelback for for whatever reason. And and so, you know, you might have a friend who says, oh, you like Nickelback? Nickelback's totally unoriginal. Meanwhile, you know, they were a big fan of, I don't know, Taylor Swift, who for the first 10 years said the same breakup thing over and over and over again. And, you know, but that's breaking, you know, breaking barriers and and just being brilliant, right? So, and and I'm, I don't say that to pick on Taylor Swift, which I know is surprising because I do like to pick on Taylor Swift. I say that because it's just one of those lazy criticisms, right? Like I, as a person who doesn't care for Taylor Swift, I could lazily call her unoriginal, but like that, that's just a lazy nothing criticism, right? You can accuse anybody of that and it's kind of true. And, but also it's it's just, Largely a non-criticism. I do think there's something to be said for like what true originality is and then accusing somebody of being unoriginal maybe makes sense if you really dive into, okay, but what do we mean by that? Which is now what I'm going to talk about because it will help to answer your question. To me, originality is not talking about something new. It's diving deep enough that the way you approach the thing that is not new is not cookie cutter and not exactly the same as what's been done a million times before. What I mean by that is let's take something really vague, like a breakup song, right? You can't write an original breakup song. There's a billion of them. And, you know, you know, when it comes to, let's take love in general, there's just only so many things within love to talk about, right? New love, old love, broken love, hopeful love, you know, a few more maybe when we're talking about broad strokes category. So you're not, you're just probably not going to write a breakup song that's like radically different. The key to writing a breakup song that is quote original is just to dive deeper, I think. Because if you have another generic breakup song where it's like, who knows whether this happened the day after or three years after, you know, it's just general, like, ah, you broke up with me and I'm mad. Like, yeah, if you if you say that, then it's going to come across as unoriginal cookie cutter. But if you just dive a little bit deeper into like a specific moment, like when she's breaking up with you and you look in, and you're looking in her eyes and you feel the betrayal just well up in you. That's not, again, original per se. But just by diving into the moment that of recognition that she is currently breaking up with you is something like, I don't know. I don't know that I could identify a song that is, you know, taking place in the moment of the person breaking up with them. And you can extrapolate that to anything, right? So a breakup song that's three weeks later when you're feeling almost relieved, but angry or just diving deeper into the emotions you're feeling, the specific time period that it's happening in, I think the key is always just diving deeper because the broad categories is, is never going to be original, right? It's, it's sort of like if you go deep, if, if you go high level enough, every story is the same, right? Maybe they're not all exactly hero's journey, but almost any decent story, broad strokes is kind of hero's journey or, you know, maybe three other templates. But that doesn't make all those stories unoriginal. Right. So in the same way, if we if we just like, oh, every love song is unoriginal. It's been said before. I, what, what else are you going to talk about? Right. Are we going to talk about Pop-Tarts like a song about Pop-Tarts probably is original. But the reason it's original and nobody's talked about it before 
And even as I said that, I'm sure there's a Pop-Tart song out there, right? There might even be 10. Probably nine of them are comedy songs, but that's neither here nor there. The reason that nobody makes a serious Pop-Tart song is nobody gives a crap. And the reason there's a million love songs or a trillion love songs is because love is one of the most deeply needed, important things that we have as human beings. So that is my very long, drawn-out way of saying, don't worry about having something original to say. Just dive deeper, and you may find true originality in that, sure, broad strokes, what you're talking about has is not new, right? You're still talking about love. You're still talking about you know, the, the, the human feeling of dread as death crawls ever closer and you're getting older and it becomes more and more inevitable to you as you get older or something. That's, those themes have been covered a trillion times, but they're never going to get old. And especially it's not going to be old and overdone if, if you dive more deeply into it, get more specific about it. Um, so I, I think... I think that is the answer to your uh, issue. And then the, the last part was what and how much do you say if you figure out what to write about? Um, I'm not entirely sure what this question means, but I would say say what needs to be said and be hesitant to say more. So... Don't make a song longer than it needs to be, which is not to say make all your songs short. I think some songs need to have maybe three verses, two bridges. Every chorus has different lyrics because of the story you're trying to tell. Um, so my point is not, oh, make every song two minutes so that it can be a TikTok song. No, um, but but also don't belabor the point. Most songs should be about one thing. One, you should be able to describe in like one sentence, here's what the song is about. That doesn't mean you can't then also write a dissertation on the, the layers and stuff to your song. But like broad strokes, you should probably be able to describe what your song is about in one sentence, give or take. Okay. Uh, for the record, I'm probably going to cut this off at like 30 minutes and then I'll, I'll do some of the other questions and, and separate ones because uh, I am taking more time per per struggle than I was anticipating. Although, let's be honest, I, I knew I was going to do this. Hopefully it's helpful. Hopefully it's good. All right. I really struggle to make my music to be the exact mirror of a feeling or a sensation I want to express. If I'm feeling in love, where do I start with choosing a chord progression? If I'm ticked off, where to start when writing the melody, etc. I've, um, I've had these questions more about Oh, these questions are more about music than about lyric writing. Yeah, okay. Um, once again, I'm going to give what my real answer is, which you may or may not like, and we'll see if I can come up with another answer as well. My real answer is this is actually why I'm a big fan of starting with music and then building the lyrics off of it. Because I think it is way easier to allow our music to dictate what our song is about based on the vibe and the sound of it than the other way around. 
So, you know, if you sit down and are, are like, all right, how do I write an angry song? I think, you, you know, there's certain principles that you could apply. For instance, if you want to write an angry song, you know, you probably would consider maybe doing something that is minor or maybe Phrygian, especially if you want aggressive, angry. Phrygian is good because Phrygian usually sounds very aggressive. So you could start with something like that. Or, you know, you could go for that sort of sarcastic angry where like the music sounds happy, but really, if you listen to the lyric, it's like biting sarcasm. Uh, so then, you know, having a happy sounding, uh, you know, almost sassy sounding, like sassy slash happy, I guess, major might work. Right. So I think you can think that way. Uh, but most of the time, I think a more successful direction to go is to allow your moods to in, to influence the, the music that you improvise. And to think a little bit about like, OK, I'm feeling kind of angry, aggressive, so I'm going to go Phrygian. You know, th this song, I want to be sort of pensive sounding so you know a good way to make a song sound maybe more pensive is a slower tempo right a fast tempo and pensive usually don't go together so start with a slow tempo you know if you're playing on a keyboard maybe play a little bit lower because higher tends to sound a little more high energy so maybe start a little lower and you know maybe more open chords because more open chords will sound a little more vague and mysterious so you can think through things like that but largely, I think starting with music and having just a bunch of musical engines that you've improvised, right? A bass line over here, some sweet guitar riffs over there, a few piano riffs over here. Then when you're in the mood to say, you know, I really struggle to make my music be the exact mirror of a feeling or sensation I want to express. You know, if I'm feeling love, where do I start with choosing a chord progression? I think a lot of times just don't put yourself in that position, right? Improvise a whole bunch of different things music-wise. And then the day that you're feeling in love, pick the chord progression or the piano riff or the guitar part that you've already written that feels like it matches with that feeling that today you're trying to express. Oh, I'm feeling in love. And oh, good for me. Like four months ago, I improvised this chord progression that kind of actually fits with that. I think that's the better way to go where it's going to be easier. But again, just broad strokes, things to think about are, you know, how how musically has that often been expressed before? Starting with basic things like what keys you should use. Like the major and minor thing I talked about are Phrygian, right? You want to get aggressive. Phrygian tends to sound more aggressive than minor. Minor tends to sound more just sad. Um, again, broad strokes tendencies. You can make a minor key song sound happy and you can make a, a major key song sound sad. Um, which is why <laughs> it's difficult to answer this question without, you know, we, we could talk for maybe hours about tendencies, right? How does tempo affect the sound of something? How does, uh, you know, how low or high what you're playing, how does that affect something? So there's a lot that goes into it, but probably the easiest way to address the problem is get in the habit of improvising a lot of music, saving it, even if it's just a recording on your phone. And then on a day where you really want to continue developing a song that's, oh, I'm feeling in love, then you can find something you've already written that seems to match with that and then go from there. Getting meaningful feedback that addresses the concerns I have in my songs. 
Um, so I think I did a whole episode sort of about this, but you have to find people who are capable of providing meaningful feedback. You know, if your parents or your significant other, they're not, not only are they not songwriters, but they're also not musicians. They are not going to be able to give you very helpful feedback for your music because they can maybe diagnose that something is not working in your music, but they're not going to be able to diagnose how to fix it. How would they know? They don't know anything about writing music, right? Um, so finding someone that can actually speak to the element of your song that you want feedback, meaningful feedback on, it's going to be important, right? Even if you, let's say you don't know anybody personally who's a songwriter. If you want meaningful feedback on your lyrics, first of all, I think probably because we all use English words to speak and communicate. So probably your average friend who isn't even any form of writer at all is more able to give helpful feedback about your lyrics. They probably still aren't going to be able to help you identify the, how to fix the lyrics, but they probably can at least help you identify what's not working in your lyrics. They won't, might not know how to fix it, but they can at least be like, there's something about this line that just isn't working for me. Um, or certainly if you have a friend who's a poet or maybe they write you know, novels or just any form of writer is going to be able to speak to that a little bit. And then anybody who's at least a musician maybe has a better chance of being helpful on the music composition side. Now, again, you have to identify, is this person somebody who can just give a gut feeling about like, I don't know, I don't like the song. I couldn't tell you why. Or is this person somebody that at least knows enough about music or writing to maybe help you identify what's not working? Or are they somebody who really is qualified to even maybe help you with a not only a diagnosis of what's wrong, but the fix, right? I can see, you know, if my roof is caving in on my house, I can know, hey, there's something wrong. That doesn't mean that I know how to fix it. Uh, in fact, I don't know how to fix it because I'm terrible with that stuff. So in the same way, your buddy who's listened to a billion songs and is a audiophile and, oh, I love all music, right? That does not mean that he is at all capable of giving you at all meaningful feedback on what specifically is wrong with your song and how to fix it. He's not a songwriter. He probably doesn't know. So based on the people who you can get feedback from, pick the ones that are going to be most helpful. And those are the people that understand the most about what you're doing, right? If you have a poet friend, they're probably going to be more helpful for lyric feedback than your friend who doesn't write at all. Uh, other, other than that, you know, befriend other songwriters. Uh, maybe leave a comment in the comments below or something and, 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 and do that. Uh, also for the live streams that we do, um, for open mic, maybe that's the thing where you can send us a song beforehand and uh, we, can, we can give you feedback. All right. This is probably going to be the last one for this episode because I don't want it to go too long. Um, so, and this is going to be, <laughs> this is a long one. All right. Hey, Joseph, hope you're well. I'm basically a songwriter who isn't writing, a guitarist that isn't playing, and a singer that isn't singing. Not for lack of wanting to. It's like everything else comes first, and then I have time and energy left. Maybe I'll play a little, but by no means is there any structure or routine. Maybe my goal isn't clear or bigger than the day-to-day -day things that seem to take priority. 
or that I'm seeking the perfect environment in which to start and therefore I'm never ready. Ready. I'm currently can I just say you all got really real in this and it's been it's it's fantastic. It meant a lot to me. Sorry. We're I'll finish I'll finish the the thing first. Just wanted to shout that out. It's amazingly transparent. Lots of good stuff in here. I'm currently getting ready to move houses, so I'm looking forward to setting up my studio differently in a new room, but will I actually use it when it comes to it? Or will it be a room full of studio gear and guitars that sits there stagnating like a packet of crisp on a roof? Something tells me you're British now, crisp. I don't think an American would say that, which is super cool. You should totally tell me if if you're from Britain or something. Maybe lots more people say, say crisp, but anyway. Some people say creative blocks don't exist. For me, it's been a resistance I've been forcing for quite a while, but it can have so many causes, but it can have so many causes. Is it age? Is it perfectionism? Is it anxiety? Is it overthinking? Is it something I was told as a kid? Is it something I was told as a kid? Was it never there in the first place? Have I lost the ability to play and explore like a child? Am I holding on too much without embracing the unknown possibilities? Am I predicting the outcome before I can start? As you can tell, I've been overthinking this, trying to get out of my way. And I've been playing guitar since I was a kid, 32 years, and I've always been driven when it comes to music and being the best I can be. So it pains me to be like this and not know why. Sorry I wasn't expecting to write so much. Cheers. And I will not say his name because he probably wouldn't want me to. Uh, this is an amazingly transparent person who I will not name. It's a lot, it's so much good stuff in here. I probably should have saved this for the next episode that I'm going to do this because uh, I probably could spend like two hours <laughs> breaking this down. Uh, but we'll try to make it as fast as possible. So, um, first is the basics of this, right? is a frustration that you want to want to be songwriting and doing other musical things, but you don't actually want to do it. I think, I think that's largely what this is, right? So we've all been there. Every single person listening to this podcast or watching this video, uh, we're lying to ourselves if we have not been in this position before. Maybe you haven't been in this position before for songwriting because you started songwriting like 10 seconds ago. Uh, so you haven't hit this yet, but this happens to everybody. So the first thing is you're a, a thousand percent not alone. Um, the answer, which I'm sure you know, but I'm going to tell you anyway, because maybe you probably need to know it. Uh, do it anyway. That, that, that's the answer, right? Prioritize it anyway. We all get to that point, right? In this past year, there have been points where I just didn't feel like songwriting. I got in a songwriting rut, probably went two weeks or more without doing any songwriting. And, you know, sometimes it was for somewhat legitimate reasons. I was doing a lot of songwriter theory stuff. And then, you know, I, I was talking about songwriting so much, I didn't actually do it for two or three weeks. That happens because uh, it takes time to both make content about songwriting and actually songwrite and have a full-time job and, and you know, be a be as great a dad as I can to my my baby girl and, you know, be a good husband. It takes a lot of time, right? So um, first of all, you know, obviously have your priorities right. If, if for example, to be, a, you know, you only have 
you're working 15 hour days and you have, you know, three hours left and you can choose to spend it with your kids or write songs. You know what? Probably spend it with your kids. That's more important than writing songs. Assuming that's not the case, though, because for most of us, that's not the case. Right. Or we could maybe sacrifice another hour of sleep and then get the songwriting there, something like that. The key is just doing it. And then usually the love will come later. Right. So anytime I get in a songwriting rut uh, where I'm not songwriting, first of all, I end up getting really moody, <laughs> uh, like legitimately. If, if you if I for a week don't work on something creative songwriting wise, I usually start to get kind of snippy. Um, I, I just need it as as a as an outlet or I get in some bad moods. Not an excuse. I shouldn't. But. It's been long enough that I just recognize that's how I am. And even if I don't feel like songwriting, if I force myself for 15 minutes to songwrite, very rarely at the end of the 15 minutes, am I not like, well, first of all, I'm glad that I forced myself to do this. And second of all, I'm into it now. Sometimes it doesn't happen. But to me, the key is you make it a habit. Screw your feelings, right? I, I mean, and, and not just you, right? All, all of us. Um, you know, we're not always going to be successful at that, right? There are times that maybe I feel like songwriting so much that I don't actually feel like making content about songwriting, right? There are, there are sometimes that I don't really want to hit record on the video on a podcast, uh, cause I, I just want to do songwriting and I don't want to talk about songwriting, but sometimes, you know, the podcast needs to come out. So I do it, do it anyway. And then sometimes some form of the reverse. Sometimes I want to talk about songwriting uh, and I don't actually feel like I'm in a creative mood, but like, no, I, I got to actually songwrite, <laughs> right? I got to actually write songs. So um, for the creative blocks part, some people say creative blocks don't exist. For me, it's been a resistance I've been forcing for quite a while. But it can have so many causes. Is it age? Is it perfectionism? Is it anxiety? Is it overthinking? Is it something I was told as a kid? Was it never there in the first place? I really want to zone in on that, on that first part. There's so many good things in there. Um, I mean, not good things, but like ins insightful things. The answer is probably a combination of all those things. And just the fact that you say, is it something that I was told as a kid tells me that there's something specific that is in the back of your mind that made you say that. So probably the answer is that it is all of that. And I think we all have some version of all of that. There's absolutely times that I can't get anything out because I'm too busy being a perfectionist. There's absolutely times um, that I am overthinking and that makes it, you know, I, there are times where I'll like sit at a keyboard and I'm so busy thinking about let me try to figure out how to do something I haven't done before that it gets in the way, right? I'm too busy thinking like, oh, I've, I've, I've done C major too much or I've done E major too much or I've been doing a lot of D major recently, so I can't do that. And it turns into this whole like pressure to do something I've never done before. And it just ends up just stagnating me for no reason. And, you know, sometimes I think it is valuable to try to, you know, force yourself to do a specific thing creatively you haven't done before. I think that's actually a good exercise. But there are times where we shouldn't do that, right? We shouldn't do that for every song. So, so probably it's a little bit of all those things. Um, 
And and I think I think the answer is twofold. One, you have to kick your own butt, not give yourself excuses and say that you're going to do it whether you feel like it or not. You're going to prioritize doing it. You're not going to lie to yourself about it. You're just going to force yourself to do it, even if it's 15 minutes a day for the next month. Right. And then maybe you get out of your rut because you force yourself to do it and then you'll be happy to do it an hour a day or something. And then also change up what you're doing. Right, because it, it, maybe what you're doing isn't working. I know I talked about this a ton, and you're somebody who took the time to answer this poll, so probably you're a person that's going to roll your eyes that I'm going to mention this. But it needs to be said. Change how you start your songs, right? I, I mean, if you are, if you're stuck overthinking because you're sitting with an acoustic guitar, and that's what you've been doing for the past year is sitting with the acoustic guitar. Maybe the acoustic guitar is a part of the problem, right? Maybe you need to put the acoustic guitar away. Improvise a melody instead. Get in the shower. Sing. Just sing random humming something or others. Sing words. Don't sing words. Do ahs. Do ohs. You know, start with a drum beat. Go find a, a drum beat online or take a song you like and, and steal the drum beat of the song because you can't copyright a drum beat. So just take that drum beat and make a new song off of it. Pick a specific tempo you haven't done before. Go from there. Change up what instrument you're writing with. I've talked about this ad nauseum, so I, I won't belabor that point, but you sound like a prime candidate for needing to do this. Uh, so even if you're only a guitarist, fine. Write a bass line with your guitar. That's what the low E string is for. It's not what the low E string is for, but it is it is a very helpful helpful thing, especially if you don't have a bass. Um, so key to getting out of your own way is no excuses, right? You got to sit and write. You got to force yourself to do it. And that's the only way it's going to come. It's the only way it's going to come. So... We're going to cut it off there because that that went actually very, very long. Uh, I'll do some follow-ups on this. Um, there are so many of these. It will probably take up a whole bunch of episodes. I don't want, if you don't like this style of podcast, maybe some of you hated this and thought, oh my goodness, please go back to the regular podcast. In case that's the case, I really don't want this to be like a month of you just get podcasts that nobody uh, was expecting and people want a no more normal podcast. I don't want that. So I'll probably do something where, I don't know, maybe four podcasts come out in within a week or two, uh, and then we'll, we'll move on. Not totally sure how we're going to handle it, but I want to make sure that this doesn't get egregiously long as we're already close. If you haven't already, be sure to grab the songwriting guide on 20 different ways to start writing a song, which fits really well with what uh, we just talked about. So person who I still will not name, if you haven't grabbed that guide, grab that guide. Songwritertheory.com slash free guide should help you 20 different ways to start writing a song. There's got to be one of those ways that will spark something in you. Um, and if it doesn't, then it's it's clearly something psychological at that point where where you you probably... Uh, I think you'll, you just have to force yourself to do it until it comes. That's the best way to do it. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate every single one of you. I hope this was helpful to you. And I will talk to you in the next one.